Hello, thanks for stopping by Liberty Sessions, where we unpack one woman's entrepreneurial journey to help another woman launch her own. I'm your host, Netta Jones. Please join me as we start liberating dreams one episode at a time. Liberty listeners, welcome to another episode of Liberty Sessions. And today you're in for a real treat. We get to listen to Carmen Ruiz de Widobro. Did I say it right? Yes, I'm so happy. Um, Who's going to tell us a little bit about um, how she has built and grown her company, Espanolita. Carmen, nice to have you. It's so nice to be here. It's great to to be in the studio with you. I love these in-person opportunities. So tell us a little bit about Espanolita. So Españolita is a project that I launched in an effort to, I guess, gather Spanish talent and find soulful places in Spain. And um, I think it naturally has developed into experiences now, Mm -hmm. mostly in the shape of trips and travel itineraries throughout Spain. So I guess the people and the places that I find along the way, I just want to put them all together so travelers get to enjoy them. So like if, if you were to put a group together, do people call you individually and say, Hey, can you organize an awesome trip for me? Or it's not like that. It's more a retreat. That happens okay. uh, along the way. I'm getting a lot of interest, side interest, people who want them, who want a trip organized specifically to their dates and to their destinations throughout Spain. But I don't want to be a travel concierge. I'm not a travel agent. That's sure. just something that naturally happens. Um, it's more like I create an experience from yeah. a start date to a start to a finish. Yeah. And then they join uh, the group. Uh, specific dates, specific locations, accommodations, plans, meals, everything, everything. I think about uh, for them. And I basically, we pick them up in the airport and we drop them off at the airport. I've been mm-hmm. doing them to Mallorca mostly. Which I, I, just by looking at the pictures, like it's so dreamy. I so want to experience this and hang tight Liberty because there just may be a future retreat uh, to Mallorca in the the very near future. But what inspired this? Because our audience doesn't know this. I happen to know. I mean, you come from the kind of TV film world. Like, tell us about that. So, um, growing up in Spain, I was always obsessed with films and, um, I guess I didn't know the film industry well enough, but I was obsessed with, for example, being in a period film. And I Mm -hmm. thought I wanted to be an actress. And I remember bringing this out to my mom. I was the youngest of the three siblings. I was like, mom, I think I want to be an actress. She's like, yeah, 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 whatever. (laughs) (laughs) College time approached. And I was like, mom, I think I do want to be an actress. She's like, of all the things she said to me, she said, if you had wanted to be an actress, you would have acted more. And that kind of oh, caught wow. me. That kind of, I was like, maybe she's right. But little did I know that to be in the film industry, you don't have to be an actress. There's just so many crew positions right. that you can fill that, you know, you're still part of the film. And, um, but she also said to me, my mom, she said, get yourself a title, a degree, and then you go off and do whatever you want. And I said, Okay. And for her, a degree is either law. I wasn't a yeah. very great student. I yeah. was not. <laughs> yeah. So it's either, you know, law, business. So I said, okay, I'll do business administration. I'll get a bachelor on that. Uh, but I'll do either an international program or something that's just completely abroad. And she was like, great. 
and off I went. And I did a European business administration between the Netherlands and Madrid. Oh, wow. Which is whatever. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. It gave me time to grow and experience life. And it was great. But I don't think as a business person I've learned a lot from I didn't learn much from that well you probably have learned more growing your own business than you have from those years right I mean we often um kind of I'm putting on my consulting hat really quickly but there are people that come up to me and they'll the first thing they say is "I, I didn't get my MBA and I'm like great fantastic so there's no there's nothing we need to undo this is going to be much more um, intuitive and this process is going to be um, based on an audience that you want to serve versus based on some sort of calculation that we need to come up with before your idea is good enough. Yeah. And, and so it can be a really good thing. Yeah. I think going back to that idea that you said is that the same, you don't need anybody to give you permission to be an entrepreneur. Mm. You don't need anybody to give you permission to be an artist or a creative. That's a quotable. Uh, we're going to get that, yeah. Right, because like, who says what? I'm so fed up with, you need a title, you need a this, you need a... You don't, you just need the drive and the energy to do it and yeah. make it into something, but... How did you get to that point, though, from... You come from <laughs> yeah. this industry where it is title-driven. Yeah. There, There is a hierarchy oh, yeah, sure, in that industry. Sure. And so how do you... How, first of all, why did you leave it, I guess? And then why did you then start Españolita? I mean, we know that you wanted to tell the story and share Spain, but yeah. you could have done that through film. So why did you choose to do it the way you're doing right. it? Um, so going back to when I finished college, or I guess a little bit further back, um, I was... My first work experience, I was 19. I was in Australia working for a huge pharmaceutical company. Mm-hmm. And it was a marketing assistant job. You know, I thought, oh, this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. I think the second day into my work and my job, I said, this is exactly what I don't want my life to be. And that for me was crucial. It's like, just get me away from here. I'm still not certain about what I want to do, but I never want to sit know it's down not this. in an office with a suit. So I started reading books about production design and films. Come the second year, the third year of college, and I got to work at CNN in Los Angeles in Hollywood. And I was taking interviews for like film press junkets and things like that and going to premieres and all that. And I was like, oh, this is great. But now I want to be on the other side. I want to be part of the crew. <laughs> so I got my first job on a film at, right out of college in, when I graduated. And I, it was a Spanish little film. I just changed my life. I said, this is exactly the kind of life I want to have. It's a circus life because it's yeah. insane, like dangerously the hours, long hours, yeah. my, uh, ridiculous pay. and Personalities. Uh, oh, yeah. The, yeah. But that in this first film, I didn't have that. It was just yeah. fun, Spain, Madrid, everything was right. great, you know. Right. But um, I guess I was lucky enough that my second project ever was a huge Hollywood movie. Uh, I was on it for like nine months. I oh traveled throughout. Yeah, I, I spoke... I needed to speak Spanish, English, and French because we went off to Morocco from Spain. It was a Ridley Scott film, and I was on it for like nine months, and that completely blew me. How did you, (laughs) I mean, how did you get an opportunity like that so early on and so young? Was it the fact that you spoke, that you were For sure, the fact in Madrid. Or multilingual, it sounds like, yeah. Madrid, there's not that many people that speak English that well. And um, yeah, and I just, I don't know, right place in the right yeah. moment. But I was a PA. I mean, not that I was, you know, anything yeah, on that still, film. Still. But that blew my mind. That film, I was like, this is it. This is definitely it. But, you know, with films, it's like you're super happy when you're working 
in between films, you lose your mind because it's so hard. When is the next job. one coming and yeah. the stress and the, the and financial to stress everybody. too? Yes. Sure. Yeah. So at that point, did you think, I, I think I may at some point leave this industry? I thought to myself, I need to have something else so okay. I don't lose my mind. So when I, I'm not busy 25 hours yeah. a day, yeah. <laughs> it's really impossible to have a life when you work on a film. Um, so in between films, I can have something. And when I had lived here in 2001, I had met um, a lady that used to make paella in the farmer's market in mm -hmm. Hollywood. She was from Spain. And I don't know why that idea stuck to me. I used to live in Hollywood and I would walk down Gower Street, go buy her paella or hangover <laughs> on Sundays. <laughs> and, and I was like, okay, I, I guess I can do this. Mm -hmm. I want to do this. Mm -hmm. And that was just like a side project. And... By the time I moved to LA, because I had been in New York living and the film industry wasn't huge, so I eventually moved to LA and I had reconnected with somebody I had met in Morocco, my English darling, <laughs> I met in Morocco, mm -hmm. so we eventually moved together here. And uh, But I had to start all over again in LA because you have to be part of the union, sure. and the Art Directors Guild is, like all the guilds are tough to get into, but I finally got in, started working in films in Europe here. But then I got my first baby. Uh, the baby. <laughs> the baby. Yes. And I said to my husband, okay, you go on. Because he's in the same industry. He's in the film industry. So he's it's part of that crazy director. schedule and, and exactly. demanding and, um, schedule. And I didn't feel in the position that I was going to ask him or require him to step down or try and take time off because that doesn't work like that. Films are films and when they need you, they need you and that's it. They mm -hmm. might not call you back if you say no. So the fact that you, were, that you came from that industry probably gave you a certain amount of uh, grace for, for him because that could have been a different story. But also for myself. It's yeah. So rough, the film industry in a way, like not when you're an actor or like, you know, a yeah. high, high up position, but it's really physically and mentally yeah. exhausting. So I think, you know, from getting all the no's and trying to be paid very little for a crazy amount of work. And sometimes that's just like the process, I think, roughened me up a little bit. Yeah. I was ready for everything after that, you know. So the baby comes along and you say, I don't want to keep up this schedule. I or cannot I, keep I can't. up. I cannot. Okay. I cannot disappear 16 to yeah, 18 hours a day. I cannot yeah. because we have no family here. Everybody's yeah. in Europe and it's just to make sense. And Why did I? Yeah. And when you work on a film, you have to make yourself available as a work ethic because everybody is just like giving their life to the film. Right. And you need to be part of that. So I know I can't be part time in that industry. It's all or nothing. I'm a mom. I don't want to leave my baby for these kinds of hours. So are you deciding to leave the industry altogether and no, no, make no, 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 paella? No, no. <laughs> I just, I, I knew I wanted to take a break yeah. and uh, I, I wanted to also um, be available for my children. But I also said to my husband, I cannot be one of those set wives that follows you around the world. Mm -hmm. I did it when the baby was three months. I almost lost my mind in Virginia for like five months alone with a three-month yeah. baby, first-time mom, no help. I was like, oh. yeah. I said to him, I remember saying to him, if you wanted to marry somebody, I was just going to be home waiting for you. I am sorry, but I've discovered I'm not that person. I yeah. just need to do so many more things. And it's like when you have a child, creativity just like, I yeah. don't know what it is. But so I was like, okay, so now it's going to be a food business. And he said to me, you go back to films, you do whatever you want. I just want you to be happy. And mm. he's just been so supportive in everything I've done. That's that awesome. 
Yeah, for sure. I couldn't have done it. So food. You decide you want to do Yeah, food. so that, I think nobody really stopped me. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to transmit my love for Spain through food. And Here in Los Angeles. Here in Los Angeles, farmer's market, catering, workshops, lost my mind. Like, why? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know, but everybody lo- loved it. And the customers were returning customers. And I just felt, you know, a thrill about sharing my culture and everything was so cute. And, and I enjoyed it. But there's a fact... Everybody knows this in the food industry. You just cannot make good money unless mm-hmm. you come in with a lot of money or you invest somebody else's money or you're buying really cheap product, which is not my case because I wanted everything to be excellent. Street level, but excellent. Well, your part of your passion, and we'll get into that more, is to really reflect your culture. And so you didn't want to dumb that down. You really wanted to offer that to people on a plate. So it needed to be elevated. That experience needed to be elevated. Exactly. Yeah. Well, this took me almost three years to figure out after oh like God. loading the truck at we four should have o'clock met in the way morning. Back then, yeah. yeah, where yeah. were you then? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, but I would have probably not told you right away because I would have wanted to eat more of the food. So, exactly. Yeah. But this lady that I met, um, I was, I was, I, I was in this crucial part, and I was, I also going through it like emotional stuff. I, I was pregnant and I lost the baby, and I was like, my husband was away, and there was just so many things. And I remember saying to my husband. You don't tell me what I have to do because you obviously don't see the struggle I'm going through with this food mm-hmm. business. And, but it's turning to, I'm burnt out. Yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. My daily activities don't inspire me. Conversations don't inspire me anymore. I need more. Why did I go to Parsons School of Design? Why did I work on the best Hollywood movies? Yeah. Like, what am I supposed to do? And everybody's like, oh, you've done the toughest part. Keep going, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you guys don't know what it is to wake up at four in the morning to load the truck, to make paella and sandwiches at the market to yeah. you. <laughs> I know yeah. that and I've done it. And so I came across this woman that I had done a creative writing mm-hmm. thing online. Mm-hmm. She's a creativity coach. Her name is Nuria. She's based out of Madrid. And I told her my situation. I said, look, this is what I'm going through. I'm really struggling. I'm suffering. I'm like emotionally suffering. And I know this is not a real problem, but can you help me out? And um, she said, yes. And when I started with her, I was really scared because I, you know, this notion of creativity coaching, like, what is it? I'm not even a creative. What am I doing? What, you know? You didn't think you were creative? No, because there's all these, nobody gives you that name again. But this is, as I'm telling you this, I'm growing and I'm realizing things, right? Um, But you're somebody who was in a creative industry and you went to a creative school and you still didn't believe that. Right. Because a creative of what? Like I've worked as an art director. I've worked as an interior designer, but I'm not any of those, right? So back to that point where I told yeah. you later, is like now I start believing in myself and calling myself this or that, but it didn't come natural to me. I wasn't going around saying, hey, I'm a creative, but I'm doing paella. No, that wasn't ever my conversation, you know? Yeah. So um, this lady helped me see two things and that was for me crucial. One, um, you really are meant to do something else in this world rather than food. You're never, it's your responsibility towards the world to do something else. Your energy. What did she, yeah, what did she see in you that caused her to say that? Well, what you just were saying, why weren't you seeing yourself as a creative after all that time doing creative That if you were doing, in her mind, if you were doing what you were called to do or supposed to be doing, you would have, you would be feeling that way. I wouldn't be closed into a kitchen creating 
delicious products for my LA mm. clients, I should do something else that moved people at a different level. And unfortunately, with food, you're always service, right? You're always yeah. cooking and cleaning somebody's kitchen or, yeah. you know, and it's like, yeah. there's a limited, yeah, ceiling of like intellectual, yeah. you know, yeah. development there, I think, unfortunately. So, and then the other thing that she... Um, she said, and this was a complex for me, I really felt bad about this because every two years or every year I would think about something else and I would want to do something else. I would do flower design and I opened a little flower design studio and, yeah. I, and two years later I would do Españolita, whatever. And, you know, so for me that was a challenge. And I remember always my mom saying, Carmen, why can't you just chill out, focus and finish something? Like, mm. Mom, because... Yeah. I don't know, because I'm horrible. That, I'm a horrible no, person. But yeah. you know, like... Yes, it, I do know, because my mom has said that to me. You think it's a problem, yeah. but then you... This but woman it was, was why are you doing Girl Scouts and basketball? And it was back in the day. But yeah. Same, yeah. same. And why not? Why was she limiting me? Why was she forcing me or suggesting that I should stop just at one place or one thing? Film was hard enough to get into. Why was I doing some food? And Tell then me. why from food was I doing something? And else? what did the creative coach say when she taught... when she identified that, that you were doing all these different things? So basically, well, she said, I'm a creative person. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, I am. And then she said, and you're going to have to accept the fact that this idea that we're working on now might change. And in two years, you might be doing something different. So acknowledge it and embrace it and respect it and live it. And I was like, okay. perfect. And now yeah. I feel much better about my crazy ideas because I feel, oh, I'm a creative person. I'm having ideas, you know, rather than yeah. why am I so horrible? Yeah, no. And I think, I mean, as a mother, can um, you imagine like not seeing that as a gift in your child? Like, oh my gosh, your ability to be curious and creative exactly. and to not feel like you have to be a one hit wonder is a gift. Exactly. But, I wish everybody felt this yeah. because for me, it was like a eye opening moment in my life. And I'm going to live like that and do everything I right. want to do for the rest of my life. Your words are going to be setting a lot of our <laughs> listeners free. So thank you for that. You said something to me in a conversation that we had um, earlier about not being ambitious, but being passionate. And I had never heard that distinction before. Can you tell me what did it take for you to come to that place? Because by all accounts, you sound ambitious. So what, what, how do you make that distinction? I think they, I think when, when, when I became a mother and I saw that my husband was going to keep going strong on his career and I was going to just, you know, accept patience and accept motherhood and accept the challenges and changes that come with it. I said to me, am I, to myself, I said, do I really need money or do I really need to earn this much to feel good about myself? Or do I need to be known as an entrepreneur by this other people to feel good? I was like, I don't really care <laughs> yeah. what they think. I'm just going to do my thing. Yeah. And uh, I don't, I, the, you know how everybody's saying, like, put yourself goals to get somewhere. Well, you know what? I put myself goals, but they change all the time that I'm going like this in the route, but I'm advancing all the time somewhere. I'm just going, mm -hmm. but I'm not, I don't need to see those results like that. It's not, you know, so ambitious from that perspective, I mean, like from a business or sure. earning position or, you know, I'm not ambitious, but I'm passionate. Whereas like, if I have something that's burning inside that I need to do it, I'm just going to make it. I don't know how or what, or how I'm going to pay for it, but 
I'm going to do it because if I can't, if I don't do it, I'll die. You know, it's like, yeah, I've got to get this out and I've got to put this out into the world. And it sounds like that's what that creative coach saw in in you too. Like there's other things, there are other things that you have to get out. There are other ways that you have to connect with and serve people. And what she was saying, which was great is let's, let's go back to that feeling where you were just trying to share your culture. Why do you want to share your culture? And also what are your daily activities that you want to do more often rather than being, you know, at a farmer's market or cooking in an industrial kitchen? What are the day-to-day things that you see yourself such, doing? Such a great answer. I mean, and such I was, a great question. What do you want to do every day? Because often exactly. we say, I want to do this at the end of the year. At the end, I want to be known for this. But then we actually hate what we do every day to get to that point. If you want to be a chef and you hate being in the kitchen by yourself, there's a problem. There's a disconnect. Exactly. And Again, these are concepts that helped me afterwards, after mm-hmm. having invested of so uh, much money and time. That's, isn't and, that know, life? Yeah. But, but for me, it was, again, eye-opening because, you know, it's, it's what do you really have a passion for? And mm-hmm. for me, I remember these childhood feelings of like going into somebody's studio and flipping and smelling the paint or like the wood mm-hmm. or I was just crazy about that since I was a kid I would just know surrounding to artist studios artisans factories ateliers it was just for me it was like so I say I want to do more of that I want to go and, and I want to connect with people I've been in the kitchen so isolated for years now you know yeah I talk to my clients but you know providers yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was it and now I'm I'm here investigating about these people. I find these people and I connect with them. Do they seem cool? Do you think they're open to a visit? Can I go and visit them? Can I go photograph them? Can I talk to them about creativity and their process? Can I see how their process yeah. is artisanal? And that's where Españolita.net, like Españolita version 2 came, yeah. which is the website about Spanish creatives and places that I think are loving and beautiful uh, from Spain. And I love that you're able to invite us not only into, I mean, this is separate from the retreats, into getting to know who these artists are and they're all over the world. They're not necessarily in Spain. They they, They are connected to Spain. But um, we were talking about the woman who uh, creates jewelry, who's in New York. She's, she's in, in New, New York, York, but yeah. she's from Madrid. But she, yeah. And so you're able to sort of be an aggregator of all of that, um, of those people and of that lifestyle. And so practically speaking, you're pointing us in the direction of here's some really cool people that are part of the Espanolita brand. Like it's, they're all in keeping because there's, there's a lot in common with Mm -hmm. all the people that you feature. It's clearly curated through your eye. Yeah, for sure. And I can imagine because of that, that your retreat is the same. It's sort of like if I go on a retreat with Carmen, not only am I in Spain and, and being surrounded by things that are Spanish, the food and the surroundings and, um, the culture, but you're also showing me parts of Spain that I perhaps wouldn't see because of who you are, because you've asked permission to get into those, um, artist studios or whatever. So you really, it's interesting as a creative, you've aggregated creatives and you've created a creative place for us to sort of be together in community in the, in the retreats. Yes, correct. But also, um, you know, going back to, to the idea of why this, because I realize it's not everybody Spanish. It's not just by being Spaniard. You, you, you know, I'm interested in you because there's a lot of, Uh, processes and methodologies that are not quite in tune with how I see 
uh, how things should sure. be done. So yes, Spanish or foreigners working in Spain or for, or Spaniards wo- working around the world. But there's got to be some connection to the roots and traditional methodologies. And that for me is really important. Mm. They somehow sustainable and ethical and... That for me is important. Um, and and it, I think that's just a, a deepening of the brand. And exactly. of, it's like your core values are are coming out in really practical ways. It's not just what you believe in your own head, you know, yeah. in an isolated way, but it translates in the people that you feature. It translates in the trips that you're preparing for people. Um, so tell us, you you kind of took us through this history of who you who you've been throughout a career from Australia with the medical sales to Ridley Scott to Paella to floral design and now what you're doing. Did you ever view yourself as an entrepreneur? Not really. Not like, yes, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I I, I really always wanted to be just an artist. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but I figured as I worked on in films that I wasn't able to just be an artist because I wouldn't be patient enough to just be good at one craft. Mm-hmm. That's what I call the art director complex because I'm a production designer, art director. I tend to know what I want, but I don't have the patience to get it done myself, right? So that's why I find the people that can help me <laughs> yeah. do this and that, right? Yeah. That's a problem. But the idea of entrepreneurship came when I was kind of stepping or taking a step down from the film industry when I became a mom. And I said, okay, now this idea I had of having a something in between that was a project that I could come back to in between projects, that's when I built right. my company. So... I never thought about it. Yeah, it was almost like a side hustle for you because we should say that although you left the film space for now, you're doing music videos. I'm doing music videos, And that you still go back and forth between that and Espanolita. Like you're still connected in that world. Yeah, I I, I love it too much. And if I could just do music videos for amazing, talented directors, I would do that because that's also a super free space where you can create so many crazy stuff. And it sounds like it fits, I mean, uh, into, from a lifestyle point of view, you don't have to be away for nine months and they're not, they're probably still long days, but but they're short. Maximum 10 days for me in the art department. So it's And do those tend to be all Los Angeles based or are you still traveling? Yeah, we, I mean, if I, if I need to travel, I'll travel anywhere. Again, it's a music video you shoot in two, three days max, but, um, I've done, I've done some U.S. travel. Okay. That's it. But otherwise pretty limited. Yeah. So... You don't really think of yourself as an entrepreneur in the beginning. You view yourself as an artist. You find yourself in this entrepreneurial space and you're, you you have the experience on the food side and you say, okay, I need to transition this. Was it the creative consultant that sort of kept you focused or was it, um, was it something in you that was like, I got to keep going. I got to find what the next thing is. Because that would have been the time where you would just throw in the towel and say, forget it. But you didn't. 
what yeah, kept I, you I, going? I changed the towel, right? I, <laughs> a new towel. Than, yeah, new towel. I just yeah. changed it. It was too much. For me, it was heartbreaking to have this brand and this concept and this idea. And it was just going to die with the food. And they said, well, sell the brand. I'm like, I don't want to sell the brand. The brand's me. I don't want, yeah. you know, nobody's going to do it the way I do, which is a problem for all entrepreneurs. Yes, it's true. But yeah. I said, okay. And this creativity coach came in and she helped me turn the idea and the passion into a more sust- emotionally sustainable project, which right. has proven to be more easy to grow, more easy to diversify and turn into something else. And well, and it sounds like it uses, it utilizes more of you. Exactly. Uh, and more my skills, my eye, my design, my aesthetic, my ability to connect with people, communicate with people, because I'm really connecting Spaniards to America. Right. I think the audience is better here in Spain. Spaniards are sick of listening about Spaniards, yeah. right? So people are so juicier content, right? More interesting for the American eye, who's also a very good client, yeah. In anything, it's interesting. I think as I as I think about all the women who are and men who are listening um, and are, are going to hear you talk about this, that they're in a space where their story is like yours. They're doing something that they're frustrated with. It doesn't seem to be fulfilling that creative itch in the way they thought they would, but they're like two or three years in, they've invested a lot. They're like, ah, I don't want to start all over. And it's not necessarily a start all over. Sometimes it's a pivot. So you go back to, well, what was your why? Your why was connecting the two cultures. Your why wasn't food. It was inspired by the woman that you used to visit with your hangover, um, with the paella, but it, that wasn't really ultimately the answer. And talking to that creative coach, opening up your own mind, it was like, okay, I'm, the brand is intact. I am the brand. I still have the same why. It's just expanding it or pivoting. Yeah. In fact, now as I, as I look into the future, it's the same concept, but through experiences yeah. that can be just going on my website to maybe reading a book to maybe okay. <laughs> to maybe taking a trip with me to just buying my suggestions for a trip or sure. it just can be. And I'm also even thinking of doing experiences here in the U.S. that, you know, there's just so much relating to food and other artisans. How do I bring the Spanishness here for people who cannot take six days and go abroad with me, you know? So um, this this is a concept that just also is is so interesting for other people to dig into their own culture, their own traditions, yeah. their own roots. So I'm talking about Spanishness because that's where I come from. I was born in Madrid, and I yeah. that's where I want my kids to relate to, even yeah. if they were born in the U.S. But even as an American, what are the things that you remember from your childhood that? you felt so inspired by like your grandma making jam like mm. your you know sewing quilts or yeah. I don't know there's always something that makes us be a bit more grounded and it can be just simple the lifestyle world is so vain and so yeah. weird but it is that lifestyle but when from the inside you know yeah. like what is your life like and how and how does you it inform it? or re- is it reflected in what you're doing exactly and you know when people talk about social media and how you're building the brand around your persona and blah, 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 and all that. But before social media, who were you? How did you live? How did you eat? How did you talk to your children? Mm. That's you and your brand, isn't it? That's just Mm -hmm. how you are. I I don't really understand the impersonating of somebody to, you know, who stands for a brand or so on, because I just, 
I can't, I can't do that myself. Okay. You are, you're getting into the meat of the second half oh, of this okay. interview, which is about community and, and exactly what you're saying right now. So I want to, I want to, don't say any more because all this goodness is oozing out. Stop, stop, stop. We're going to get to it. But I would say, Carmen, if you could go back to, let's say, right when you had your child, your first child, and you said to your husband, I, I think I'm going to have to do something different. I want to be creative. I want to have this outlet. And you started with the food. Um, and then that translating into what it is now. Um, what advice would you want to give yourself if you could go back to that startup time? What would you want that, that younger version of you to know? <laughs> Younger, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> By this time, it's yeah. young. Um, I think the idea of listening to yourself, if you're struggling through something or if you're not happy every day going to work or doing your project, something's wrong, obviously. Yeah. And life's too short to be losing time and energy. And we spend way too much time doing our job. So yeah. you have to love every single minute. And what other people say to me, which I struggle with, is like, once you follow your passion and you're listening to your real essence mm -hmm. is when money comes mm -hmm. and I'm still waiting for the money to come <laughs> but yeah. I feel better for the first part because yeah. it's true sometimes we really insist you know how many people I've come across my in my life and have said oh my god I wish I had worked in the film industry like you have well I started from zero too you know yeah I've been making coffees for my bosses for years yeah you know and taking photocopies and driving production designers around and there's always a mean if you want to do something go for it yeah the money will come I don't know you'll figure it out but just yeah. go and I, do it I think the the there's an addition of perhaps a caveat to that saying because I hear that and I say that to people too I've said that to my kids like focus on what it is you want to do do it be the best you can be at that thing and the money will come I think it's not just that the money will come I, I do believe that, but I think you're so content that if it takes longer for the it's money okay. to come, it's okay. It's okay. Because that is a piece of the pie. That's a piece of the puzzle. It's not because sometimes you need the money right away. You've got to live, but there is something about, okay, find where the money is going to make sense. Go, go pay your bills. And then find whatever you can do that is meaningful to you on the side and let that inform how you continue to move ahead. Sometimes they're not no, one and they're the not. same. And, and in that same line, there's a book called Big Magic by mm -hmm. Elizabeth uh, yes. Gilbert. Yeah. Okay. So book. this woman also said something very important and, uh, and I thought it was gold because this is what a lot of creatives and artists struggle with, not being able to live on their art. Yeah. And what she says, which I think is genius, yeah. is why would you put so much pressure on your art? Yeah. Why don't you go get a day job and then be completely free to create exactly the art you want to yeah. create? And that is such a good yeah. eye-opening moment of like... And the freedom that comes with that exactly. kind of creation, the permission that you grant yourself to just truly then, create. You're not creating for a particular exactly. buyer. Then these artists wouldn't struggle with like, oh, I'm so commercial. Well, you can be commercial, and then do whatever crazy stuff yeah. you want because... Yeah. And by the way, congratulations on being so commercial. <laughs> There's a lot of artists who would love to be in that position. So you're exactly right. Go find a space to create the art that you really want to create. But And everybody has a little creative outlet. It doesn't matter yeah. what it is. We think we're not, oh, we're not creative. Yeah. Not. There's just something that you yeah. want to make with your hands. I believe that. Yeah. We are, we are creative beings. Yeah. 
Carmen, thanks for this half of the conversation. Liberty listeners, stay tuned to next week when you get to hear all the advice and wisdom that Carmen's got to offer. Talk to you then. Liberty Sessions is broadcast on all platforms, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review Liberty Sessions on Apple Podcast. It helps us to know if these episodes are inspiring and equipping you to launch and grow your own ventures. You can also find us every day on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Liberty For Her. And please leave a comment using the hashtag Liberty Sessions. We want to hear your thoughts, suggestions, and brilliant ideas. Liberty Sessions is produced by Netta Jones and Elizabeth Windham and music by Jordan Flower. 